0: My name is Rachel. I'm a compulsive overeater. You all already know that. Oh, cool. My timer is like right up there on the thing. I've never seen that. Um, and uh, apparently I'm really meant to read that because I was at a meeting this morning and um, we read that. And so that for today piece. So, yeah, um, uh, what I can say, the biggest gift of this program, you know, the food being down is fine, not wanting to compulsively overeat. Is great, uh, you know, the restored relationships. But, um, the biggest gift that this has given me is a relationship with God, uh, with a power greater than myself who can solve all my problems, not just the food problem. So, um, but I sort of cheated there and I gave away the ending. So, um, I'll back up and start from the beginning. Um, just to qualify, I uh, came into the rooms in 1985 when I was 15 years old. So, um, so you don't have to count on your fingers and your toes. I just turned 53 in May. Um, and even though I was only, I had read, uh, in Ann Landers, for those of you who are young, uh, Ann Landers, uh, was like Dear Abby. I think more people have heard of Dear Abby, um, advice columns. And I had heard in Ann Landers, if you do with food, what the alcohol, or if you use food, the way the alcoholic uses alcohol or the drug addict uses drugs, um, then OA might be a program for you. And I knew even at 15, I knew before then, you know, that I had a problem, but I knew at 15 that, you know, this is someplace that I should go um, because my early, my early memories are from sneaking food. You know, I, I don't, I have no interest in getting into the debate of whether compulsive overeaters are born or made. I know that um, I come from a family history of compulsive overeating. This is a deadly disease for me. Um, My nephew has this disease. He's not in recovery. And a few years ago, jumped off the roof of a building um, because of this disease. Um, He did not succeed in killing himself, but he messed up his body pretty bad. So this is a, this is a a serious disease for me, which doesn't mean, which means I need to take it seriously, but it means I don't have to be serious all the time. Uh, We are not a glum lot. But anyway, so I went to that first meeting, uh, which was in a church basement in Arlington, Texas, where I grew up. And even though I wanted to be any place else, the mall, whatever, um, I knew that I belonged, but I did not get abstinent and recover in that first meeting. Um, I, it took me 15 years. I never left, um, but it took me 15 years in these rooms before I was finally able to get abstinent in June, uh, 23rd of 2000. So by the grace of God for a little over 23 years, I've not had to compulsively overeat or binge or uh, purging is also part of my story, but, um, I was not I used to say I, I, I even failed at bulimia. I was a fat bulimic. Um, but what it did do, I'm about 40, 45 pounds down from my top weight. I'm only 4'11. But what it uh, did was, I think, keep me from being 145 pounds or 245 pounds over my top weight. Um, and what it enabled me to do was, I would just repeat the cycle of binging and purging and binging and purging until I would binge and then I would be too tired to purge and then I would just pass out. So, and I went for months without purging. So I I, I think bulimics sort of come in different flavors. Um, the purging was never addictive for me, but I know for a lot of people it is. Once I stopped compulsively overeating, the purging was not a big deal for me. I never had the desire to purge. Um, so like I say, I did not recover at that first meeting. I did not get abstinent. Um, And I don't even say that relapse is part of my story, although I guess it is, because to me, the word relapse means at some point you are unlapsed. And during those 15 years, I couldn't string together two or three days. Uh, I got a few 30-day chips, maybe a few 60-day chips. Uh, One time I did get six and a half months, but by and large, I could not string two days together. I am a low bottom pull the curtains, shut the door, um, don't answer the phone, uh, compulsive overeater, Um, gather my food around me, turn on the TV. And if I could inject, you know, icing into my veins, I would, you know, it's just how, how fast can I shovel that food into my mouth? Uh, And by the grace of God, I don't have to do that anymore. So what happened was, um, uh, I reached about not you know nineteen ninety nine two thousand. I was living in Houston. I had gone off to school. I did, oh, and I was in inpatient treatment twice. I admitted myself twice. and the first time I came out, I think I started binging in three or four days. the next time I went, I I started binging again like two or three weeks. Um So what happened is I was I I had still maintained, uh, you know, pretty, uh, a semblance of a life. Uh, I had done well in school, graduated near the top of my class, and gone off to a prestigious school, which I then proceeded to binge my way out of. Some people binge their way through school. I binge my way out of school. Uh, I dropped out, and then I would—they would let me back in. I would get a letter from a doctor, whatever. I go back, and then I would, you know, drop out again. And you know, my transcript is very interesting. Um, and so finally I had left school, I was, uh, waiting tables and I, w- I had already been fired from one job for calling in fat. I didn't call and say, Hey, I can't come in. I'm fat or I'm hung over from food. But that was, that was why, you know, I would, I would make up lies about how I was sick or a family member was sick or dying or dead or a pet was sick or dying or dead and I couldn't come in. And the reason really was because I was so hungover from compulsively overeating the night before. So finally, I was working at a job. I was waiting tables in my apartment. Um, this was before reality shows. I was living in an apartment that was just, it was a trash heap. It was, there were, you couldn't even see the carpet. There were candy wrappers, food wrappers, dirty dishes, the cat box, which is disgusting. Um all over the place. Um bugs. And I was suicide had always been like my out. That had always been my trapdoor, right? If things got too bad, I was going to kill myself. And so I was planning on killing myself. Um, I was even looking in the yellow pages for those of you again who are under 30, yellow pages was a book that we used to get that had phone numbers in it. So I was looking in the yellow pages for gun stores. Um, If you think it's easy to get a gun in Texas, it wasn't as easy as I thought. And so that was my plan. But the problem was, is I do have a family that even though we've got some dysfunction, love me very much. And I didn't want my family to have to see the way I was living. Um, And so I needed to clean up my apartment. But if I could get my and I'm being recorded, so I'm not going to say the word. But if I could get my ass together long enough to clean up my apartment, so it would be suitable for me to kill myself, well, then I would have no reason to to kill myself. So I realized that that trapdoor of of quick death was shut. Um, that I was going to be miserable, um, and that I would continue being miserable until this. You know, this is a slow killing disease. So. Um, so that, uh, that was my bottom. And so I reached out to a friend who lived in California. She had an idea of, she knew that I was, you know, had an eating disorder, was a compulsive overeater. She didn't know exactly how bad it was, but I, I messed up to her about the apartment and she came out to California, I mean, to Texas to help me, the deal was that she would help me clean up my apartment, clean enough so that we could get a cleaning lady in there. You know who would even go in there if I would come and stay with her and go to a meeting every day. She was not in a way, but she kind of knew that that meetings were pretty strong out in California. If so I would go to a meeting every day um, and sort of do, you know, we call now. I hear in in a lot of the meetings that I go to, we talk about the hospitalization period. Which isn't—it's not a real hospital, but it's basically making, you know, program. You know that this is—we don't do a whole lot of outside stuff. By the, you know, I'm very blessed that I was able to leave my job at that time. Not everybody can do that. Um, I had some money saved up for a rainy day, and I didn't want to spend it. But this was about the rainiest I thought I could get. I it could get, and so. You know, it's another kind of long story how I ended up picking up and moving to California. Um, normally, we talk of uh, ge- doing a geographic in sort of negative terms, but I did a geographic um, running towards recovery, not trying to outrun my disease. Five, oh, nice. 10 more minutes. Got it. Thank you, Luan. Um, so so yeah, and then what happened? Well, I I worked the steps. I worked the steps. I became willing to go to any length. Um, I've heard it said that you can't save your ass and your face at the same time. I I didn't care. I let, I think my, my real step one, I thought I had taken step one a lot of times was opening that door and letting a friend, you know, into that apartment to see what it was, what the way I was living, like how bad my disease was. And so, and I went to a meeting every day This was, you know, when, you know, 23 years ago when meetings were in person, I didn't have a car, Um, you know, got to a meeting every day and worked the steps and said, I don't don't care who knows. I don't care what I have to do. You know, I don't care if I have to walk around, you know, San Francisco, which is where I ended up, you know, living with a sandwich board that says I am a compulsive overeater and I need help. (laughs) You know, I didn't care. And, um, and also somebody, I, I love, uh, all our literature and in a way we have some really good literature, but, and I don't know if you can see, but, um, also somebody walked me through the steps as outlined in the big book. And when I first came in to that first meeting in the church basement in Arlington, Texas in 1985, somebody, you know, gave me a big book or I got a big book. And it made no sense to me. I was like, what in the world does this have to do with me? I can relate to none of these guys. And I was lucky enough to have people who took me through the book, who explained things. It's not laid out in nice chapters, which I like. You know, I mean, it has chapters, but it's not like step one, step two. And um, but said, "Okay, here's where it talks about step one. And here's where it talks about step two. And and here's how you do a 10 step. And, um, and I did not understand why this time working the steps, which only the first one has to do with food, but I did not understand what that had to do with the food. But somehow one day at a time I was not eating and for me, or compulsively overeating for me, step three and step two almost kind of got reversed. I took a step 3. I said, "Okay, I'll basically step 3 was saying I'll do whatever you tell me." And um and I um I don't always know what God's will is, but I I'm pretty sure I know what it isn't. And then because I was not compulsively overeating, bingeing, purging one day at a time, I knew that this had to be a power greater than myself because I had tried this so many times. I mean, and I'm not a dummy. I I don't have any scientific peer-reviewed studies to back this up, but I've been to a lot of meetings, and the people that I meet in these meetings, you guys are some of the most intelligent, creative, like talented, gifted people that I have ever met. You know, addicts got it going on, but so if we could figure this out, we would, you know, if, if I could have figured this out, I would have, this had to be a power greater than myself. And I call that power God because I'm bad with names and it's easy to remember. So, um, yeah, so that's what, what happened. I worked all 12 steps for the first time. You know, people say, what was the difference all those years? I I became willing to go to any length. I worked all 12 steps and also I did service. Um I never committed to doing any kind of service before because first of all I thought I have nothing to give, you know. And also I thought I can't be trusted. I can't be trusted to you know commit to set up the chairs cuz I don't uh, in a, a week from today when we have the next meeting I might be bingeing. So uh and I had the cart before the horse. So um so yeah, even though I did not want to do service. I was lucky enough to have people to say, oh, this isn't, this isn't a uh, you know, a yes or a no. You know, if you want to recover, you do service. Um I find it interesting, AA, our, our parent program, celebrates its birthday, not when Bill W got sober. And Bill, for those of you who are or new or newish, Bill W was the the founder of AA on which this program is based, and he got sober. Um, but they don't, that's not the five more minutes. Is that right? That's it. Oh, I thought I had 15 to 20. LaVon, you're muted. I'm, I apologize. Um, is it 15 to 20? You're at 15 minutes, is all I, I'm i not oh, sure. Okay. Okay. So, can you set it for five more? Mm-hmm. Okay. I promise i oh, that's all I'll take. Um, Because I want to hear what you guys have to say. But um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So uh, but we don't mark or they don't mark the birthday of AA when when Bill got sober. We mark it when Dr. Bob got sober, which was who Bill carried the message to. And the only reason why he carried the message to Dr. Bob um, and Dr. Bob got sober. It wasn't because Bill thought, I want to be famous. I want to be known. By my first name, by millions of people around the world, it was because he was standing in a hotel room. And I I can't remember. I'm not a very good historian. And he was going to drink. And he knew he was about to go into a hotel bar. And he knew that the only way he was going to not pick up a drink and stay sober was if he carried the message to somebody. So we called a church or something and they hooked him up with Dr. Bob. So, um, so this is not, I say, this is not a self-help program. This is an other help program. So even if you are new or struggling, um, you know, you can, you can do service in so many ways. You can call somebody and say, you know, how are you doing? How is your day going? Tell me something you're grateful for. So, um, and, and what it's like now is first of all, I don't, I, you all can see my apartment. I don't have (laughs) you know, candy wrappers. And I won't say that it's, you know, neat all the time, you know, but it's not the, the, the trash heap that I was living in before, you know, if a reality show came over, I'd be like, you know, they they would leave because there's nothing interesting here. (laughs) Um, And so I, and as I was saying in the beginning of the meeting, um, when we talked about for today, and I have a relationship with God. The thesis of this book, it says, um, uh, let's see, that's, so here's the thesis statement of the big book. So the the point of the big book isn't to to have you, to get you to stop compulsively overeating, but to stop drinking for the alcoholic. Surprise, surprise. It says uh, the book's main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. So this is just a means so that I can find a power greater than myself, whatever that power is, um, which will solve my problem. Um, because I I I have shown time and time again I cannot run my own life. So yeah, what it's like now is even when things are, you know, and I've been through some some not great stuff, you know. Um But, and, and people can disappoint me, even people I love very much and people I don't love very much can disappoint me, but the steps show me a way to, first of all, get rid of those character defects or those, you know, maladjustments, those emotions that I ate over in the first place. I mean, I didn't know I was so used to compulsively overeating. I didn't know that I was doing what, you know, that that's what I was doing, but they get rid of those things. So that I can connect with this power source that is greater than myself, which will solve my problem. If I had to whiten up, and by the way, if you're new or newish, in the beginning, yes, I went through some serious physical food withdrawal. I mean, I, I won't talk about dopamine receptors and everything, but this is you know, I believe that there are certain foods and food quantities that I have an allergic reaction to. I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. Um, So I went through some, some withdrawal that was hellish, but um, like Dr. Bob in here talks about at no point did I come close to picking up and it does get better. You know, that withdrawal does get better. And pretty soon the solution kicks in. And I don't have to feel that way anymore, because if it was just me and willpower, you know, that that's that battle, you know, it's 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 a it's a wipe out, <laughs> you know, it's a wipe out. So anyway, I'm almost completely out of time. Thank you so much for asking me to speak. And um, I want to hear what you guys have to say. And I guess now I resume the script and go back to that. Thank you.